Welcome to Virtual Student Experiences, where we inspire students to aspire. For more information, please check out our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Virtual Student Experiences Season 2 webinar. Today's webinar will focus on entrepreneurship. If you're new to our program, Virtual Student Experiences is a pro bono initiative spearheaded for students by students. We at VSC want to be the inspiration for aspiration, and our goal is to give students around the world an opportunity to hear from professionals in their career area of interest in a friendly and casual setting. If you're a student that knows what you want to do in the future, we at VSC want to encourage, allow, and connect you with professionals. Through VSC, students are given the chance to decide if their career area of interest really fits their skills, personality, and of course, overall interests. And through VSC, you'll be able to hear from a wide variety of guests from a variety of seniority levels. To find out more information and to sign up to be notified about upcoming webinars, you can visit our website at virtualstudentexperiences.com. And before we get started, I just want to go over some quick housekeeping things, so hang on tight. Firstly, I'm going to be asking our guest professional, that I'll introduce in a second, a series of base knowledge questions so that you can get a good idea of who he is and what he does. If at any time you have a question that you think of, feel free to post it in the Q&A module down below, and we'll get to it in the later part of the webinar. We highly recommend that you do ask questions during this webinar because it is an opportunity to get an answer right here, right now, instead of reading about it later on the internet. And quickly introducing our VSC core team of volunteers. We have Buddy, Gabby, Jonathan, Coco, Tommy, um, and me. And without further ado, our guest today is Mr. Justin Key. Mr. Key started his professional education journey at Lemon Owen College, where he studied mathematics. One of his first entrepreneurial endeavors was when he, he founded 180 Degrees Tutoring. He then received a certificate in acting for film, stage, and television from the AMDA College and Conservatory of the Performing Arts. After receiving that certification, he became a staff writer for Blavity and then became a professor at AMDA College and Conservatory of the Performing Arts. Mr. Key now focuses his efforts as a published author and an actor for SAG-AFTRA. In summary, Mr. Key is a top 40 under 40 recipient, key to the city recipient, international speaker, and a Black Enterprise 2019 Man of Distinction, as well as a math whiz, entrepreneurship enthusiast, travel fanatic, and HBCU advocate. So thank you very, very much for joining us today, Mr. Key. Thank you. I appreciate you all for having me. Great. Um, and just to start off, can you maybe tell us a little bit about what entrepreneurship is to you and kind of how you got into that field? Yes, yeah, definitely. So entrepreneurship is really creating your own blueprint for your career path. And it also works very well for your personal path as well. And I really kind of stumbled into entrepreneurship. So as you read in the bio, I studied at, um, at AMDA in Los Angeles, studying acting after moving to Los Angeles from Tennessee. And then a writer strike happened. And so no one was working. So if the A-listers like Brad Pitt and Denzel weren't working, and I had just graduated, so I'm like, I'm a Z-lister. So I was like, if the A-listers weren't working, the Z-listers definitely weren't working. And so it was like, how do you, how do you live in Los Angeles? And it's expensive. And so what I did, my mom was like, well, how about you use that degree I paid for? And I was like, mama, I was on a scholarship. She said, what? I said, nothing, nothing. You paid for it, mama. So I used my degree in mathematics and I started 180 degrees tutoring and that was incredible. Now, I tutored um, in undergrad. So I tutored the entire college in mathematics and undergrad. So I wasn't 
a stranger to tutoring, but I was a stranger to business and I was a stranger to the term entrepreneurship. I mean, how do you even spell it? You know, the E's, like several E's kind of throw you off a little bit. And so I started the company and Beckett, it became really successful. And I was shocked because my, my mindset was, oh, I'm going to be Denzel in a year or so. So this company, I'm just starting this company on the side. Before I knew it, I had about 10 employees and I'm now on set acting and I'm making sure that payroll is going out. I'm making sure that the client likes the tutor. I'm making sure the tutor feels safe in the client's house. And so I was like, this is a lot. And so what I realized, though I had a great idea, though I had a great company, I didn't really know the ins and outs of entrepreneurship. So then I went back to school. I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd. I love learning. So I went back to school and got my MBA while still owning the company, while acting. I got my MBA in entrepreneurship so that I could really learn how to start a company, how to run a company, even while you're busy, even... How, how do people start multiple companies? Because I'm like, this one company is a lot. So clearly there's something that I didn't do on the beginning end. And so once I got my MBA, I was like, oh, this is how entrepreneurship is supposed to go. This is how you set yourself up to win. And so now it's, it's incredible. It's like, it's a really incredible life when you really understand entrepreneurship. And so what my new focus as it relates to entrepreneurship, I'm an artist in Los Angeles. And so what I realized, I'm an entrepreneur with, and I'm my product. And so what I, so now I use myself as a, as the product and now I'm my own business. And so that's how now I see entrepreneurship. That's great. Um, and then speaking more to the educational standpoint, mm-hmm. what role did education play in your success? And I guess maybe how important is it to go to a named school or to get good grades? Is there like a balance in between the two? Got it. So education for me was the thing. Like it's so I I keep always hearing this uh, this in these interviews with Oprah because Oprah's like education, education, and I'm like, yo, it was really education. So I'm I'm a farm kid. So I grew up on a farm in Tennessee. I'm the eighth of nine kids, and so education was my way of escaping the farm if you will i'm more i'm like i'm i'm not really up to feed the pigs at 6 30 in the morning like that's just not me and so education was my way of escaping and then going to school and studying i was able to meet a ton of people i was able to learn able to just even network with classmates and faculty and staff and as it relates to a named school yes it's important but the one thing about named schools that I really want people to, to really think about is no matter if, if you're dedicated and if you're serious and if you have tenacity, you're going to succeed at a named school or a non-named school. And so one of the perks of going to a named school is basically their network you know, their alumni base, the mentors that they have coming in, the professors who can recommend you for any and everything. So as it relates to the work, the work is there. Now, if you go to a named school, the networking is going to be better. I think that's the only thing that sets set it apart. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, and then can you also speak to maybe the most important lessons you took away from your education and how that helps you today? 
So the most important lesson I've, take, I've taken away from education is that we're always students to the craft, to the business, to the subject. And so what I've, what I've learned, I go in not being a know-it-all know because going to getting my MBA, I already have had a company. So I didn't go in thinking that, you know, I already have a company. I don't need to do all this, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think that can be a hindrance when you go into an education, educational system. I think you should go in with a blank slate. You should go in as a sponge so that you can soak up everything and not just the subject matter at hand, but everything. See how people tick, see how they're talking, see the people who are popular and what are they doing with their personality? The people who are networking, what are the introverts doing? What are the extroverts doing? And so I think that when you go into education, you go in to learn a subject matter, but you should also go in learning um, human interactions as well, because most industries now are network and relationship driven industries. And so I can go in and be smartest mathematician there is. However, if I don't know how to interact with people and learn those, those skills, then I'm just going to be a math whiz with no usable skills to maneuver through the world of business or even just the world of education and life. Awesome. Um, and then, again, from your experience standpoint, can you maybe speak about some things you learned or did in college that helped you prepare yourself for the first few jobs? Yes. So hmm, college really taught me to analyze. And, and what I mean by that, so I'm, in, I'm predominantly in entertainment. So I'm taught to go in and assess everything to basically read the room. So I was so education taught me to read to read the room and don't always be the smartest one in the room. So going in, so basically the very first day, I would say the first day of my master's program, MBA, I'm there, I'm pre predominantly in entertainment. So I'm now going into a master's program with these people, they work for Sony, they work for UCLA, they work for all of these big companies. And I'm coming in as an actor. And so what it taught me is to just read the room, observe everyone, see what everyone's skill set is, uh, see who has a personality that matches yours the most. And then you can then pretty much find your tribe. And so, so school taught me that to like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. Let me read the room, see who fits well in my network, and then go and introduce myself. Now, introduce yourself to everyone, but also, but make sure that you have those who you can really, really connect to. I think that's very, very important. You don't wanna spread yourself too thin, but you also wanna know the people who you can be of service to and ones who can be of service to you. And so that helped me tremendously even getting my first job here in Los Angeles. I mean, let's just even think about starting the tutoring company. So I started the tutoring company and it was mainly because of my personality and me really reading the room and talking to people, being able to have a conversation. No one has asked to see my degree in mathematics. I mean, I got it in the closet, you know, if you wanted me to bring it out or take a picture of it, but no one has asked me to see it. They're sold just on my presentation. And I'm not even presenting. 
um, not on purpose. It's just me. Like I'm Justin Key. I'm a Southerner. I'm a, I'm, I'm a math whiz. I love math. I love people. I can have a conversation with you. And so because I was, I was taught to read the room, then present my best self. And from there, clients came tremendously, other opportunities came. And so now, not only am I the tutor, but now I'm at every birthday party. I'm at every bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah. It's like, oh, Justin, we're going to do, we're going to go to our Malibu, Malibu Beach home for the weekend. You want, you want to just come out? And I'm like, yeah. And then so I'm now meeting my client's friends. It was like, oh, Justin, Justin is our friend, but Justin's also the tutor. Like, you're friends with the tutor? Like, that's what their friends would say. Like, you're the tutor is here to party and so and it's really just from having that personality and really being able to connect with people reading the room and then really putting your best foot forward cool um and then maybe aside from 180 degree tutoring can you maybe touch a little bit on your role as the staff writer for blavity correct so i have a lot to say I feel like I'm, I always have a lot to say about certain subject matters. And so I saw Blavity just doing a lot of things as it relates to content for millennials, for people of color. And I was like, okay, these are some really dope articles. And so I went to, the, to their website. And so I saw that they had community submissions. And I was like, oh, oh, people can submit articles and then they decide. Oh, well, first I was like, oh, they said so you can submit articles and then they'll decide to publish them on their platform. And Blavity is verified across every platform. They have a huge following. And interestingly enough, one of my classmates from business school is friends with the founder of Blavity. And so that didn't even, I didn't even, and so she introduced me to the founder of Blavity when we were in school. So years, years prior. And so I didn't even really think about that. And so I was submitting articles to Blavity and every article that I submitted was posted. I assumed that that was just what it was. I mean, I didn't think like, oh, Justin, you're such a hotshot writer. Mind you, once again, I'm a nerd. I'm a mathematician. Like the quadratic equation, like differential equations, algebra, calculus, that's me. And so I'm writing these articles. And so I saw, so once again, going back to this whole networking thing, the the editor at the time, so I messaged him on Twitter we were already following each other. So I just messaged him on Twitter and was like, hey, um, I think I congratulated him on something. And so he messaged me back and was like, hey, Justin, you've written a lot for Blavity as you know, just submitting articles. And he was like, we have a staff writer position available. Are you interested? And I was like, wait, you, you were paying me to write? And he was like, he was like, Justin, everything you've written has been published. That doesn't happen. I said, oh, you mean people get declined? And they were like, yeah, what, what, what? So they published every article that I had submitted. And so then the editor was like, we have a new um, staff writer position available. And then from there, I'm now, I'm now writing articles and it has staff writer. And I'm like, let me go to LinkedIn and put this on my, res on my, on my LinkedIn because I was like a staff writer, like this is so cool. And so I'm pitching articles. I'm submitting articles, they're being edited, they're being critiqued, I'm getting notes, I'm going back. Now, mind you, business school, I wrote a lot. So I know the ins and outs and the technicalities of writing. 
So with Blavity was more, you know, you want to write to your audience. You want to make sure that it's funny. It has charisma. You're cool. You have a little dry humor and also a nerdy. So that kind of like sprinkles in as well. And it was, it was great. It was, it was absolutely amazing writing articles and being featured and so many opportunities came because of that, that position. Wow. That's, that's quite impressive. Um, and I congratulate you for that. Thank you. Um, can you uh, maybe also speak a little bit about your time as an actor and with SAG-AFTRA? Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Got it. So first of all, my whole life, I wanted to be an actor, but I grew up on a farm. So like, once again, I'm feeding the pigs, you know, I'm picking corn, I'm fishing in our pond because my family has this farm in Tennessee. But I knew nothing about acting. I knew nothing about Hollywood. I'm pretty sure I could barely spell California at the time, but there was just some pull to the entertainment industry. And so my, I, I was bit by, though I always wanted to do it, it solidified me professionally my freshman year in college. I auditioned for a commercial in Memphis. I booked the commercial and you couldn't tell me that I wasn't Denzel Jr. You just could not tell me that I wasn't Denzel Jr. And so. Though I majored in mathematics, I was still acting in theater. I was doing radio spots for the radio stations in Memphis. I was speaking everywhere I could. I mean, when there was a microphone, I'll do it. I'll introduce somebody. I'll talk to somebody. Oh, 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 I, oh, I'll do it. And so my senior year in college, I auditioned for AMDA in LA. And I was like, this seems like a really great school. They have housing. I know nothing about California. And so I applied, I auditioned, I got in. Now I'm studying in LA, which is a complete culture shock because you, how do you go from a farm in rural Tennessee to literally I'm living on Vine, Vine in Hollywood. So it's like, you're in the dead center of like, I open my windows and I see the, um, I see the Capitol Records building. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm in Hollywood. And so now I'm studying, I'm training. And that was, it was tough. And the reason that it was tough, well, one of the reasons it was tough is because I had a very thick Southern accent, very, 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 very thick. And so I really had to work on that because how can I play a character from New York or Chicago or Arizona or anywhere if I sound it the way that I did? And so I'm now studying, I'm training. They threw in a couple of dance classes and I was like, whoa, what are you doing? I'm an actor. And so um, it was great, I had rhythm. So that helped quite a bit. And so now, right after graduation, I booked my agent and I started working. I booked my very first job and I'm extremely blessed, extremely fortunate. My very first job was a five year print campaign for Walmart. So now I'm modeling. And Megan, I have billboards in every Walmart in the country. My very first job, very first job. And so I'm like, what? Oh my goodness. Like, you know, I'm a celebrity. Definitely not a celebrity. I'm like, I'm rich, definitely not rich. And so that was incredible. And so I, so now I'm acting and my goal is to become a member of SAG. So SAG is the union. And so you will, I don't think I, I talk about this often, but how I got my SAG card to get enough points to get into SAG, I actually sang backup for Justin Bieber on his roast on Comedy Central. So the Justin Bieber roast on Comedy Central, I was singing backup. And so 
I got my got my invitation into SAG, which is the Screen Actors Guild. And I now a member of SAG. I now only audition for SAG projects. So television and films and voiceovers and all of that good stuff. And so one of the great thing about being a member of SAG is that, you know, they pay you really well and they really take care of the actors. Like they make sure that you're fed on set. They make sure that you're not there longer than you have to, or they're gonna make sure that you're paid really well. Um, just like there's a ton of perks and discounts around the city, if you remember. So SAG has been just a blessing to join and be a member of. That's really cool. Um, and then throughout your years of work, your years of experience as an entrepreneur, as an actor, as a writer, can you maybe speak a little bit about how you continue to make progress throughout your years of practice? And I guess, what maybe are your top three skills that you use every day um, throughout your years of experience and years of working? Okay. Now, what I realize, what I realize is that I'm the artist, that I am the business. So I don't technically need a a bit. Now I require a business plan for every, for like every business. Every business should have a business plan, and so. I drew up one on myself as the as the product. And so what are my skills? What do I want to do? Um, ways of making money? Who Who's my competition out here? What are ways for me to maximize on being Justin Key? And so I really sat down with that. And I was like, okay. Because, you know, as an artist, like I hire my agent and my manager and my attorney and my publicist. And I'm paying all four of them. So I'm technically a business. And so once I switched that in my head, I was like, you are a business, let's start operating as a, as a business. And you don't wanna be a business that's just really a one trick pony. And so what the industry now requires is for you to be multiple things. Like they really love a multi-hyphenate. So they're like, oh, cause your agent is thinking, oh, what else do you do back here? Like, cause that means I can pitch you and get multiple checks for you. And so that means, so if you're an actor, if you're a writer, if you're a singer, you're a dancer, you're a host. And so, great, Justin, let's see what I can do. So now I'm acting. So perfect, my agent can book me acting jobs. And because I speak a lot now, Justin, you're a speaker. Now I can submit you for speaking engagements. I also get a percentage off that. I think that's great. If you're an actor, you're a speaker, you're a writer. So now I'm speaking everywhere, Becca, and I'm all over the world. So I'm speaking in Shanghai, I'm speaking in Hong Kong, I'm speaking in, in Paris, I'm here all, all in the States. And so while speaking, it was like, oh, I, and I've noticed that in the contracts that you sign to be a speaker, they ask, oh, do you have any products that you would like to sell while here? And I was like, products? Like, what do you, what do you mean? And then so, and then I was, then so after speaking at different engagements, especially the colleges and universities, the students like, is there somewhere I can purchase your book? And I was like, book, what are you talking about? And so everybody is asking for a book. And I'm like, wait, is this a thing? Am I supposed to have a book? I talk a lot and I write for Blavity. I write for several other publications, but I've never written a book. And so now I started writing a book. And then when the book was published, it became a top 10 bestseller in two months. And so I was blown away by that as well. And so now you're an actor, you're a writer, you're a speaker, you're an author. And so as an entrepreneur looking at myself, and now it's time to see, okay, well, what else? You know, 
how McDonald's has, you know, a different menu out for every season. Walmart and Target brings out different products. So now I'm looking, what products can Justin Key, Justin Key Incorporated bring out? And so what I'm doing now is even a lot of voiceover work as well. And so at the end of this month, my audiobook is going to drop and I'm doing a lot of voiceover work as well. So now just really just adding to the products that I'm selling as a business, as Justin Key. And so that has been tremendous. And I would say the skills that I use every single day, speaking, because I, we're now in this virtual space. So speaking is one of the best skills that, I, that I've learned. And I didn't know that, I thought everybody could talk. I mean, I was one of those kids who just talked. I'm the eighth of nine kids. I talked all my, all, you know, your mom tell you, why are you talking so much? And now I'm like, mama, I get paid to talk. So that's always a great thing. So speaking and communication, also networking. Networking is a skill that I think terrifies a lot of people. And interestingly enough, I'm an introvert. So, you know, it takes a lot of energy to network. And so it is not just saying, hey, here's my business card, please call me. No, it's really, I would say the key to networking is presenting what and how you can be a benefit to someone else. And from there, and then, you know, they typically return the favor. So I'm always asking or offering like, hey, if I can ever be of assistance, you know, just let me know. Or you, if I know someone that you want to meet, let me know and I'll do a connection. So that's how networking works for me. So speaking and communication, networking. And I think the third is just being well-read. It's a skill. And the reason that this is a skill is because you really need to be well-rounded as much as possible. I typically know what's happening in majority of industries, whether it's entertainment, politics, STEM, whether it's local or international, because now I can have a conversation with anyone. And so, and as I said, because I travel internationally a lot, it's like, okay, well then I need to know what's happening in France. First of all, is it even safe for me to go? what's happening in China, especially certain areas that I go to. And, and when I do visit Canada, like I wanna be up on what's happening because if I'm going to speak to a certain audience, I need to at least know where they're coming from. And so I think that those, those, are, my, those are my three skills that I use every day. That's great. Uh, thank you for that. And then I guess for people that want to get into the entrepreneurial business and just kind of do what you're doing now, do you have any suggestions on maybe what they should do, maybe what clubs they should take, maybe what courses they should take, or maybe just suggestions or tips in general? Yeah, um, I think that that's a, that's, a, that's a great question. I will say you don't necessarily have to study entrepreneurship just straight like I did. It depends on what type of learner you are. I know some people who are literally taking free courses on YouTube right now, and they are killing the game. So not that you have to go and get your MBA like me, it depends on what your learning style is. You know, there are so many different certificate programs out right now. Harvard has a certificate program uh, that you can do. Um, Cornell, like all of these different schools just have certificate programs in business and entrepreneurship so that you can really learn quickly because not everyone, first of all, it's expensive. So not everyone has the funds to just drop everything and go to school full time. And also some people already have an idea. So they're not starting from scratch. So why not take these classes online 
get your certificate. And the only reason that I say certificate is because from these colleges or organizations, it's because you get to network with other people. So why would you start a business and you don't know anyone? Who's gonna buy your product? Who's gonna buy your service? So even if you say, I know it all, I am the God of entrepreneurship and business, I would say, but just take a class so that you can network because human capital is, is, is something that you can't put, you can't quantify, you can't put a price on. So I would say study, meet like-minded people. You may meet your co-founder, you may meet the person who's going, the VC of venture capitalist who is going to invest in your business. And you may be the business that they invest in. They may be like, hmm, Rekha, I kind of like your style. I think we can make you a star. Okay. And then so meeting those people and then already having what you have, that's like a formula for success. So learn, learn the business, learn the industry, know what the marketing trends are. I think marketing is a great, um, is, is great to study social media marketing, because of course, you have to be up on social media, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, know what social media platform is best for your business, what's best for you. And, you know, staying abreast of the trends, because what's going to happen in 2021? What platform is going to be the best? And, you know, and who knows, you, you may meet your mentor, you may even meet a mentee. Maybe someone's there that's younger than you. Like, I really like your style. Can you mentor me? He's like, me? Mentor you? Like, I'm starting too. And I was like, no, but you're ahead of me. So I think learn as much as you can and find what, what works best for your learning style and personality. Awesome. Um, thank you for that. And then can you maybe speak in terms of skills you employ when problem solving as a math so-called wizard? Um, and a math enthusiast, how or what skills can you implement into solving problems or I guess getting over obstacles? Got it. So one great thing about getting my degree in mathematics and especially being an entrepreneur, I'm very analytical. I am analyzing everything before I make a move, before I make a final decision. I mean, even with the people that I interact with, like I am, I am very, I'm very analytical in that regard. I'm seeing, so let's say if it's someone on social media, I'm seeing what you're posting. Does your brand complement mine? Does it not? Um, does it seem like we're just um, oil and water or, or are we ketchup and mustard? And so my analytical skills, I think are top notch. I am a really good read of character because I don't wanna get into business with anyone and there's like no honesty, there's no trust, they're not a good person, or they're slick, if you, um, if you will. And so my analytical skills as it relates to reading and analyzing other human beings is, 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 is top notch. And then also, even with businesses, like I'm approached a lot about, oh, Justin, jump in this venture with me. And so I'm like, oh, talk to me about it. And so then I'm listening and I'm hearing all these loopholes. I was like, hmm okay, what's your marketing strategy? Who's your clientele base? I'm like, well, if your client base is this, why is your product so expensive? Because your client base can't afford it. You just told me how much your clients make a year. So there, I mean, how much your customers make a year, but you're, you're pricing it out of, so I'm always analyzing like, okay, that I'm, I'm seeing some things that aren't working too well. I, I usually say something and then that rea their reaction, oh, no, 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 see, that's not, I got this worked out. I'm just like, 
I um, to the prophet Jay-Z, men lie, women lie, numbers do not. And because I'm a numbers guy, I'm like, the data's not going to lie. So um, when people talk, I'm analyzing everything. So I think my analytical skills have, able, have, have helped me tremendously, even as it relates to entertainment, writing, companies that I publish my books with and things of that nature. So it, it's always, you know, a great skill to have being able to just analyze and come up with a, a answer or a solution that works best for you. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then our final question here at VSC, mm -hmm. can you maybe speak a little bit to mentorship? How do you find a mentor? What role do mentors play? And then also kind of on the topic of role models, how do those play a role in kind of your success in your life as uh, as someone who occupies a job, stuff like that? Got it. So first, uh, mentorship. Mentorship is mandatory. It is absolutely mandatory. But what I think I want to stress about mentorship, mentorship is a relationship that someone is bringing you into their, their life. They're bringing you into their circle, their tribe. And especially if they're giving recommendations, which means that now you're tied to their recommend, you're tied to their reputation. So what you do affects them. And also what I've noticed, people who are searching for mentors, they typically go after the really successful people or the really busy people. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, you do have to understand that mentors are busy and you need to know their communication style and their communication language. Like for an example, I asked Charles Johnson, who's the executive producer of NCIS. I said, hey, Charles, would you be my mentor? Charles didn't say yes or no. Charles responded with an email and said, send me an update every single month. I said, oh, okay. I messaged Charles, now I messaged Charles every month for two years, Becky, without a response, without a response. Now, I saw him after the first year, I was invited to a screening of a movie that he was doing with George Lucas. And so I was like, oh, well, okay, I know he's alive. And so, and then, so I messaged him back one after the stream. was like, hey, I just want to double check if this is the right email address. I didn't receive a response. So I was like, oh, I don't think this is the right email address. Okay, let me just stop sending these updates. I missed one update. He messaged me back. He said, I didn't receive your update for the month. I was like, you've been reading updates for two years. And then I found out that he was working on my behalf this entire time. He's getting me meetings, but he's telling them, don't say, don't put my name in it. He'll show up and prove for himself that he's available to do this. And so that's one mentor relationship. And then you also have those who are like, well, who are just technical mentors. Like I'll email you, send me this. I trust you enough. I've analyzed you to know that you're not a serial killer and that you can do the job that you say you can do. And so I can be like, hey, hey, um, Roger, I, do, you, do you know anybody in this industry or at this company, I would love a meeting. And they were like, okay, Justin, I will get a meeting set up with Brenda Johnson at three o'clock next Friday. Perfect. And then they check in, they make sure you're good. And then you just have mentors who are, you know, let's hop on the phone. Let me, let's go out for lunch. Let, let me take you to get, you know, 
let, let me take you to happy hour or whatever or whatever the thing may be i think that you have to be open to the communication style and the mentor style mentorship style of the mentor and not the other way around and i also think you need multiple mentors in different industries you really want to be well-rounded i don't just have mentors in entertainment i have mentors in politics i have mentors in law i have mentors in finance i have mentors in the faith-based community you want mentors who can really feed your soul in a 360 degree circle and so you always want to not just get mentors because of success you also want to make sure that you know their characters together as well because if they're molding you and mentoring you you don't just get the good parts of them you also get the bad habits of them as well so you really want to do your research and so that goes back to me being very analytical i don't just walk up to the first billionaire i see and say hey can you be my mentor because like that's not it i want to make sure that you're actually a good human being because i don't want to pick up habits or traits that are going to hinder me and i don't have a billion dollars to back to you know for backup so that's very that's very important and then as it and then you know i think the way it works with mentors just in my opinion just straight up and ask just be like yo hey can you be my mentor or i would typically ask do you have the capacity because a lot of people are busy you know um they you they could be married with children or running multiple companies traveling a ton and they just don't have the time and so you always want to ask if they have the capacity you want to ask them their style of mentorship if they agree and also as it relates to mentorship and then i'll get to role model um, with mentorship there's also interestingly enough there are companies people have started companies where it's strictly just mentorship companies and typically now it's a fee it's a fee for them to mentor you but what i've noticed with some companies they are you're receiving a book you're receiving monthly connections you're getting invites to conferences that the mentors are a part of so it's beneficial if you have the financial means to afford the mentorship program and as role models as it relates to role models have several and have success role models have character role models have health and fitness role models have positive mental role models so yeah you want very similar to mentors you want a role model in as many fields as possible that can strengthen you like you want somebody who's healthy like oh okay i'm well i want a role model who's into health and fitness i want a role model who's in my industry because you know i'm looking i'm trying to figure out how i can be like them professionally so you want a professional role model you want a health role model you want a mental role model or you just want like a role model who's just a really great person yeah great well thank you very much for being with with us here today um, and for answering our questions. Uh, I know the students who will view this later will greatly benefit from the experience insight you have shared with us today. Awesome. Uh, if you want to learn more, any of you, about VSC, please visit our website at virtualstudentexperiences.com. And once again, thank you very much, Mr. Key, for being with us here today. You're very welcome. All righty. Thank you all and bye-bye. <laughs>